fast, efficient and affordable business grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Episode 760 of the Aussie Tech Head. So I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hi, Will. Good evening, sir. There he is. Can you see him? I am not. It's a vicious rumor. You're not a vicious rumor? I'm not a vicious. I'm not. It's a vicious. Punctuation matters, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 760 episodes and people are still listening to us. Not many people, perhaps. <laughs> Saying things into the ether. That's it. That's our echo chamber. Screaming into the void. That's my favourite part. The void? Mm. Yeah. It's when the void screams back, you know you're having a bad day. Oh. <laughs> oh it's having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once it hears me, it's like, oh, no, not him again. Please shut up. How things up there? You got your floaties on and doing some mm. practice in your rowboat? It's been interesting. Yeah. Um... One day there we had nearly 500 mil. I think over three days we had like 900 mil. Well, um, one of the towns not that far north had uh, 2,200 mil. Are you sure yeah. about two, that? That sounds like a big number. 2.2 meters. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, we had, yeah, we had, I think over the week, including the rain we've had today, because, you know, we need more. Yep. Um, I think we've had, we haven't had that much. We've only had um, seven or 800 mil. Yep. I say we haven't had that much. Comparatively speaking, we haven't had that much. <laughs> um, yeah, some places have had over two meters of rain in, you know, four days. Uh, it's just, it's just ridiculous. We, we were cut off for four days. We basically were on an island. So you didn't have work? Um, no, I only went back to work yesterday, actually. And Did the boss complain? I went there today. She always complains. <laughs> um, and, um, she doesn't listen to this show, does she? 
<laughs> Usually only the ones that I say something stupid. <laughs> so every episode. So, so yeah. <laughs> um, and we may, I'm just looking at the radar now, we're supposed to be getting a heap more rain coming through tonight, tomorrow. If that's the case, I won't be going back to work. Yeah. Um, so almost didn't go today. It rained this morning and put the roads almost under this morning. Right. So it's been, uh, you know, involuntary closed for a week, basically. Um, but we got water damage, our granny flat and our carport. Um, we got double teamed with that one. Yikes. We had the neighbors been away, so their grass is like four foot long. <laughs> and it's not their fault they haven't been there, you know. Yeah. And normally the water runs down sort of diagonally through their yard. It sort of catches the corner of my yard and the next neighbor over, but it's mostly flows through theirs. Yeah. But because they've got like six foot of grass in there now, it's not flowing through their yard. It's getting to the low point in their yard and spreading sideways. Oh. <laughs> actually funneling it into my place and the neighbor on the other side. My backyard's uh, like a river. I'm starting to wonder if it's coming from my next door neighbor because I've got all my gutters replaced, so it's not mm. there. And so it spat it all out sideways under my fence and then it all went into my shed. Yikes. And my granny flat and my carport. And it... Um, in the granny flat, it's mostly that VJ board, which is basically just MDF. Yep. So, and it just wicks water. So, it, that's all going to be mouldy and feral. <sighs> and then on top of that, the leather lounge is mouldy. Some of the cupboards are mouldy. All the books starting to smell strange. I've got cardboard boxes of storage stuff in there. They're all going to be mouldy. <sighs> um, and as well as the water coming up from the bottom... The rain was hitting that hard. I've got eaves that are over the top of the windows. Yep. And the rain was hitting that hard. It was bouncing off the eaves and going up into the ceiling cavity and back over the other side into the granny flat. Oh, God. <clears throat> so they got they got wet from the top and bottom. Can't and the carport, same thing. Water went through it and it wicked up the walls, but it actually come through between the barge roll and the tin on the front side and just come in across the ceiling. You see all these water tracks across the ceiling now. Oh, so it's completely underwater. Your insurance well, company's going to love you, isn't it? Yeah, I've claimed every year for the last three years we've had <laughs> hail or storm damage or something. Uh, well, actually, no, it's not true. I've claimed every second year for the last five years. Um, <clears throat> but I shouldn't complain because most of my family's in Lismore and Byron and Evans Head and that area down there. And they've just been completely wiped off the face of the earth. No house um, or anything anymore, right? My, to give you an idea, my um, auntie and uncle's place in 1974, when they had the major, the biggest fight on record, um, they lifted their house two meters above the 74 Level. flood height. So, so like, okay, it's never going to happen again. We don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, lifted it one meter above the 74 flood height. <clears throat> and I've just seen photos today. Um, of that because it was obviously over the weekend so the water's had a chance to go down yep. but we can see water marks at their gutter line jeez so it means the water went three meters above the 74 height That's um nice. and there's houses over east lismore that have never seen water ever anywhere near them in the history of the town they were completely submerged is that something uh, they they didn't um prepare for the council or something should have done something or not when it's this high. There's nothing you can Can't do. Like the, that, the, they, um, the water was just so high, it's impossible to stop. Yep. You know, They tried to evacuate, but they just didn't have the manpower to do it. They had um, people on roofs and stuff, didn't they? 
Well, they had people on the roofs. The worst part was people were getting into the roofs. Oh, can't they were getting you into you in there. No, and they don't know you're in there. And if your house goes completely under, you can't get out of there because the vast majority of houses in Lismore are tin roof. Yeah. If they're tile roof, it's okay. You can punch your way out and you're fine. But most of them are tin roofs. So once you're in the roof cavity, you can't go. You've got nowhere to go. You know, and I get it. They're older people. They wouldn't have been able to get up onto the roof. But, like, don't get in the roof. No. It's not um, <clears throat> there's something like 400 people unaccounted for. There's so far only two or three confirmed deaths, which is actually quite surprising. Yeah, they found a few grannies still in their house. Um, my dad went missing for two days. Yeah. Um, didn't know where he was. We ended up finding him in one of the back centers. But because yep. they had no power and they were handwriting everything as well. So they really couldn't just search for a name you know yeah so took and there's still no power for most of lismore um no communications really the most of the comm towers are playing up uh, it's patchy you know so it's just it's just horrific like I, I mean i've seen a dozen floods there like it's not unusual to see lismore underwater but not under there's, underwater the, there's the ballina street bridge which is the main bridge which is one of the last things to go under they deliberately built a high it's a truss bridge, so it's got the big big trusses across the top of it. They were picking people up who'd gone to the bridge thinking they'd be safe. Yep. They were picking people up off the top of the truss. Jeez. Because the bridge went that far underwater, they were climbing the trusses to get out of the water and then they're picking them up off the top of the trusses. Wasn't there one guy who had a boat and rescued like 120 people from there? There was a few of them, yeah. There was a lot of private boats. Um, the, the SES only had... Like they officially had two boats, and I think they had a couple of rubber duckies or something. Yeah. Um, it was all done out. by private boats, canoes, jet skis, you know, whatever. Yep. There was one, like looting was rife. Like they're literally, there's people as people were being evacuated. There was people coming up and looting houses. I heard they were doing that out Ipswich way too. They were, yeah. They caught four of them, Good. but I don't know how many others got away with it. Jeez. Um, but one guy. He'd been rescuing people all day, yep. and then he got a call from his wife saying that their house is starting to go under. So he went home to get his wife and his kids and a couple of bags and stuff, and he's come back out to his tinny, and someone stole the motor off his tinny. Oh, God. What the hell? <laughs> it's like, you know, seriously, in like the, the minute and a half he was inside. Yeah. You know, they took his fuel tank and his, and his outboard. How bad do you have to be to do that crap? Like, Seriously. So, and there's another guy in Evans Head who, when Evans, because Evans Head flooded, which, and Ballina flooded, which boggles my brain how a city that's on the ocean can get a wall of water through it to flood. Like, <laughs> it hurts my head thinking about the logistics of that. But apparently, there was a guy at Evans Head who was helping people in a tinny yep. uh, in the flood water. And he's only 18 or something. And he got the police fined him. Because there's no, they had nothing better to do Ugh. for an unregistered boat and, un, un, and he didn't have a boat license. God. <laughs> He'd been ferrying people all day and medication and supplies across all day. Yeah. And Got the police point. come over thinking, oh, cool, they're going to help. No, they find him. Uh, you want to nah. fight that one, you'd win. No, you, you want to piss off a town, a small town population. That's the way to do it. You should <laughs> see the comments on the post. <laughs> that cop better watch his back, I tell you. Yeah, and they'll know who it was. And oh, and yeah. Then... I know exactly who it was. It's a new guy, apparently. Uh, oh, it's a new city slickers. Well, he was. He's not a new guy yeah, anymore. Yeah, he's not anymore. Um, and Ballin is the same thing. Ballin is underwater. You know, all these places that you just don't associate with flooding. I'm like, 
casino. Casino outskirts are flooded. It's yep. not that unusual. Um, you know, but for casino itself, the town, the CBD to flood is is highly is very unusual. Uh-huh. I, I, as far as I'm aware, it's actually never happened. Not to this level. Yep. Um, you know, Ridiculous like what's it, going on? Uh, there's places, and because the the people knew the flood was coming, so people moved. Like there's an example of people who evacuated to an evacuation center, yep. which was the one of the schools. The actually it was one of the libraries in one of the schools. But halfway through the morning, they had to be evacuated from the evacuation center because the water was coming up that far. It was coming into the evacuation center. Oh, God. So you had. 500 people you've already rescued have to be rescued again <laughs> and most of those people were older people because most of them had come from the, around that area there's a lot of older people plus there's the a couple of nursing homes and a couple of um respite cares and stuff like that yep. so you've got sick elderly people who you've already rescued once you've got to you know <laughs> you've got to do it again this time with faster flowing higher water levels yeah <sighs> what was cool though there's video footage I think it's on Higgins Storm Chasing, but I'm not 100% sure. One of the hotels was going underwater and all the people were up on the roof of the hotel. And um, now they weren't stressed because the water had almost stopped rising at that point. It couldn't come up any higher. So they weren't worried about drowning, but they didn't really want to be on a roof. Yeah. And the rescue helicopter come in and landed. It just touched his skids on the peak of the roof and just hovered with his skids touching the peak of the roof oh, so they could get skill. into the helicopter. Yep. It was awesome to watch <laughs> this, this pilot skills. I'll tell you what, he was an amazing pilot. I follow Higgins on Facebook. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it's just like the skating rink was built in a flood zone deliberately because it's a skating rink. You, you yeah. hose it out, you go again, you know. Yeah. Except this time a house landed on it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh... A random house has come along and went, oh, here's good. <laughs> and just landed on top of the skating what was rink. That? You know? um, a houseboat went floating down the river and then hit hit the punt or something and then went down. Saw yeah. The video there. Yeah, they, they actually they got the guy off it. He was on it. Yeah, it was, he was living on the houseboat. Yep. And it, it broke its moorings or its moorings. There's so much junk in the river that chances are something hit, hit it, it and snapped the ropes. Yep. Um, and yeah, he had straight for the straight for the bridge. And there was another, I think it was either another boat or there was a um, uh, a boardwalk or something that had gone across the bridge. So the water on the bridge was at, op- at different heights. Yeah. So he's come over that and it's just like hitting a waterfall and he's just tanked down the other side of it. Yeah. Um, thankfully, there was rescuers actually, what you couldn't see on the camera, there was rescuers on the other side of that and they, ah, they actually got him out. Yeah. That's good. But um, there's all sorts How of stuff. How crazy you'd be like, I'm on a boat. And it's yeah. water. Isn't isn't this made for it? No. The problem. It's the debris. The problem. Yeah. yeah. The another one of those boats in Lismore that was helping people. Um, they went to pick somebody up, and they'd been across this path a dozen times. Like it was one of the main paths they were following. Yeah. And the rush of water had dislodged a, a railway, uh, not a tie, an actual track, one of the iron tracks, and it popped up like that. So when they've ducked across this place, they've ducked across twenty times before. It literally ripped the bottom out of the boat. Oh, good. And then you've got another 10 or 8 people clinging on to a sinking boat that suddenly need rescuing. (laughs) (laughs) The rescuer is going to need rescuing. Oh, it's 
it all happens so fast. You don't have time to debrief. You know, you just you just go and do it. And yeah, you know, and like my auntie, she's put in hospital this morning. Most likely just stress and fatigue and shell shock. You know. Yeah. Um, my uncle's devastated because it was his parents' house that he grew up in, and you know it's underwater, and they went to the trouble of rising it. Yeah. You know, so it's there's going to be and dad's a classic example he just wants to go back home yeah you know he just wants to be at home with his stuff and be done with it he doesn't have a home he doesn't have any stuff now yeah, but it's all gone, yeah. you can't he can't process that thought you know it's too so, too big and dramatic to make and of course sense. he doesn't he's been renting the same house for the last 30 oh, what, 25 years or something yeah um so he's got no Rent no contents insurance because you can't really get flood insurance in a flood zone anyway. Yeah. Um, but normally, and the water comes up into the the garage. It's two story. The water comes three quarters away up under the garage downstairs, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and he actually didn't get on the first rescue boat because he thought, "Oh no, it'll be fine." Yeah. And then, yeah, it's you know like every other time, it's fine. And then two hours later, the next boat comes past, and the water's up to the handrails. <laughs> He's like, um, yeah, I'll jump on that one now, thanks. Please, me. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... Um, but that second boat wasn't an official boat. It was just a private boat. So when we rung up finding out what was going on, the SES went, well, we've got him here. He's, red lit. He's re got a red cross next to it, which means that he didn't get on the boat when we sent a boat around. And then we sent somebody around after the flood to find him, and the house was empty and the doors were open and he wasn't there. Yeah. Like, okay, so what happened between that rescue boat not picking him up yep. and now? And that was what we had to fill the blanks, you know? Yeah. And then you finally got onto him? Well, we got onto him the... Once they got... My auntie actually had gone to the rescue centres to try and find him. But they had no power and they're in basketball stadium. So they were basically just torchlight and pitch black. Yeah. Um, she walked literally walked past him three times. Oh wow! Because she went back in there, and here he is at like the bed next to like the counter that she'd been standing at. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't, didn't see her him. either. I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's otherwise just he's like, I've been sitting here and you've been walking past me all the time. I keep watching you, but you never <laughs> say hello these days. I don't know what's going on. That's it. <laughs> and then you got the problem, of course. Now there's no fuel left in the town because there's only. There's two service stations left that didn't go underwater between Lismore and, well, what are they? Because most of the roads are still, if they're not still underwater, they're still damaged to the point where you can't get traffic on them. Yeah. Uh, so there's no entry in and out of Lismore at the moment. Um, the all price the, of petrol's gone through the roof. Well, actually, most of the servos, well, the, one of the servos ran out of fuel because he was donating all his fuel to the boats. Right, yeah. He said, if you've got a boat and you need fuel, come and fill up here, you know. And so he ran out of fuel filling up the boats. There's a BP up further up the hill who ran out of fuel just because of the amount of people who needed fuel. And there's one general store in town that didn't go under. Yep. Or one shopping centre. There's like a Coles and an Aldi there. Wow. And that and they, they've got nothing left. Yeah. Um, you can't get it. They've, they've organised. They've got trucks waiting to get in. Supposedly, they reckon they could get trucks in by late this afternoon, but I haven't heard confirmation of that. Ah. Um. The they had the military had organised five thousand. I think it was five thousand. Um, uh, twenty-four hour army ration packs. Yep. 
Um, but there's, you know, that's 5,000 packs and there's 50,000 people that need them. Yeah. <laughs> no, doesn't add um, up. You know, and there was, so there's no fuel, so there's no generators, there's no power, you know, it's just been, what, best part of four, three, three days now, four days now. And most of the place, you know, they can't really even start cleanup because there's no power. They've got no water pumps to pump into the water tower. Therefore, they can't waste water. They have to conserve water because in the middle of a flood and they've got no water. Yeah. It's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? Actually happened to us. We were, our local, um, our local processing plant um, got decimated by debris. Like it can handle, it's designed to handle floods because of where it is. It floods quite regularly. Yeah. But it got hit by a, caravan or something that was floating down the river (laughs) and it damaged it so it took them two days to repair that so we were in the middle of a flood surrounded by water pelting down rain and we didn't have any drinking water (laughs) i mean we did because i you know could divert are you thirsty son just go outside and open your mouth Uh. yeah i mean thankfully it was still raining so getting drinking water wasn't that bad but you know we had to obviously you know have 30 second showers and all that sort of stuff you know so um i mean but they still don't have water down there after uh, apparently that they I think they're hoping to get the drinking water online today or tomorrow. Then they've got to work on the sewage because the sewage is just stuffed backed up <laughs> and everything. Cause it's not designed for that sort of month. Wow. So yeah. So needless to say, it's been a fun week. That's an interesting <laughs> definition of fun. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just looking on the radar and we're about to get wet again. So it, uh, everything's so wet here that we had an inch this morning and it nearly flooded all the roads again. Good. So it really doesn't take much to put everything back underwater at the moment. Well, all things considered, I think we're doing quite well here at the moment. <laughs> we might end up getting cut off again, but um, hopefully, fingers crossed, things will be okay. I mean, I'm not too bad. I'm up a bit of a hill and at the bottom of the hill is a great big empty park that's got like two or three huge drains in it with bars across it and that just drains straight out into the river so yeah but if the river's full it can't do that no <laughs> as i've got <laughs> full enough to fill up the they've got a great big uh dip in the ground in the middle of the park so it's got to fill all of that up which will take ages if once the river would be full of the stormwater drains and everything so we've never seen anything this far but Fingers crossed. I've still got the um, cupboards all stocked with uh, cheap instant meals and stuff, just in case. Yep. Yeah. And you make sure you get one of those um, $20 butane gas burners and keep in the cupboard and a pack of bottles because you never know when you're going to run out of power or gas or anything. You know, yep. you, always, you always need a plan B. Yep. <laughs> At least I've got the two batteries. They should help a bit, but they get drained every day because there's not enough sun to... Charge them up. Charge them right up. Yep. So, oh, well, that's the bad news. Thanks for everyone for supporting <laughs> us, though. We appreciate our donators with the Patreons and Kofis. And... Yeah, it, it really helps out and, um, you know, just help cutting the cost down. And, you know, it uh, gives us kind of a reason to keep doing this because obviously we know people are enjoying it enough to, to give us money. So, therefore, I'm assuming they want us to keep going. Yep. <laughs> Keep it, keep the um, get well soon's coming in for Glenn as well. Yeah, actually, I haven't had a chance to check on this, but um, I know they got drilled at the Gold Coast too, so I'm not sure how Kim's. Yeah, his house there, always got hit bad, didn't it? 
they did get a new swale drain put in, which may I think help, but I haven't had a chance to find out. Um, as far as I know, he's still he's still not doing real well. So, yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's the that's that's the the um, entertaining and lightning part of the show over. Yeah. <laughs> Should we the, do the some feel, news then? The, the feel good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> section. <laughs> Coles is set to join the Canberra trails of Alphabet-owned wing delivery drones, offering a selection of 250 products for on-demand delivery. The grocery retailer said it would offer a range of bread, fresh produce, snacks, convenience meals, healthcare items, kitchen accessories, and even toilet paper with no minimum spend or delivery fee. Orders would typically take about 10 minutes to deliver and are available to residents in parts of Crace, Palmerston, Franklin, Harrison, Mitchell, Girilang, and Colleen. Coles Chief Executive of e-commerce, Ben Hessing, said the drone delivery was the next evolution in delivery technology and could ultimately reduce delivery truck rolls in the future. We are passionate about finding innovative ways to help our customers shop with us and we aim to deliver anytime, anywhere, anyhow shopping, he said. By partnering with Wing, we are able to offer our online customers and other convenient Another convenient option to purchase Coles items they know and love and get them delivered straight to the door. Wing Australia's general manager, Simon Rossi, said on-demand delivery drone volumes had significantly increased in the past year. Wing made more than 100,000 deliveries in Australia in 2021 and strong demand for drone delivery has continued into 22. Wing has already made more than 30,000 deliveries in Australia this year. Customers can place an order for groceries or other products via the Wing app. Sounds well, like what they could do within Lismore at the moment. Yeah. Well, the problem is I couldn't charge them. No. <laughs> well, if they, the... they take, take it from another town that's not quite as wet. And... Yeah. Well, I wonder what the radius is on those things. Oh, didn't we figure out last time they said they carried 25 kilos or something? Something. They're pretty beefy things. I wonder what their, their range is. like. Because obviously it's got to be around selected stores that have them obviously um so i don't know my only concern is like out the front here we've got two power lines and then i've got another power line that goes to the power pole and then i've got uh an old phone line that runs across there and there's an old coaxial cable that's there for some reason before i moved in yep <laughs> so i've got about eight cables out the front of the house so i wonder how the drone would do with yeah. those because you know it's not like they're not real obvious. Uh, specs, length 1.3 metres, speed 29 metres a second, wingspan 1 metre, round trip distance 20 kilometres, weight What's without a package 5.2 kilos, package weight 1.2 kilos. Well, 1.2. Okay, not 2. Point, yeah, 2.5. So 1.2, really, it is only for small deliveries, like literally a loaf of bread. You can't even order two litres of milk. No. <laughs> you you have one kilo of rice. You can have you can have half you can have half a liter of, half a liter of milk. You can have half a loaf of bread, and you can have like you know three rashes of bacon. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I need for lunch. Thank you very yeah, much. Or your lunch every day. Um, Instant lunch delivered, two, very fresh. Twenty k round trip, two point nine meters a second. So it's twenty nine. What does it say? Two point nine meters a second. Yeah, so twenty nine meters ten seconds. Um, so minutes. What's that like? I don't know, shouldn't do math on the air, so it's like 100 metres a minute. So like 10 minutes is a K. So it's 2K, just say 2K, 20K round trip. Yep. 
that's a slow round trip. Yep. But it <laughs> like gets there. Hours, like three hours. <laughs> Don't order a hot chip. No. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to. <laughs> so all I need to do is add like a air compressor cannon to the front of it so you, you just open your window and it just fires. Shoots a chicken through. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. Pigs can fly after all. Here's your bacon. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I think it's, it definitely has its place, especially, um, you know, someone like, like Melbourne. Run out of toilet paper or some other emergency item you need quickly. Yeah, and, you know, as I said, floods or congestion or accidents or fire, you know, like it does definitely have its place. Um, I do wonder how it goes on, like, big multi-story apartment complexes and stuff have you got to like meet it on the roof or something yeah you might have to go <laughs> down into the front yard <laughs> but i'm on level four well it. it depends on how well, high each level is and no that a lot of the ones in the city don't have courtyards and don't have foyers well they have foyer but the foyers like inside they don't have an external yep an external entry point other than the glass sliding doors like there's normally like the footpath and then some of them have stairs and then the door or some just go straight from the footpath to the door so maybe you meet it out on know. the road <laughs> yeah i don't know what the deal is to be with that but i don't know it's pretty i mean yeah it's it's kind of cool it'd be good for um not so much food stuff but it'd be good for like office works yeah um you know for computer accessories and like even stupid stuff like thumb drives when's the last time you spent a half an hour looking for a thumb drive yeah you know like at work I've got a stack in front of me, but I never remember to take them to work. And I spend an hour looking for a thumb drive that's actually, it turns out, being 128 meg from, you know, 2003. <laughs> <laughs> look look for the wing aircraft or get a notification. Our aircraft gently lowers your order down on its tether and unclips the item for you. Wait until the package is fully unloaded, then unpack and enjoy. So can you grab the tether and you climb a drone? Maybe <laughs> you wait till it takes off and you can get a ride. Whee! If we can only carry 1.2 kilos, it couldn't be that hard to reel it back in. And yeah, I only weigh 1.2 kilos, right? <laughs> Multiply yeah. by 100. What? Uh, but uh, quickest I, time uh, from order to delivery: two minutes 47 seconds. What was that like in the car park? That that was um, putting it into the from after you click order till they put it on the drone. Oh, okay. Less than three minutes. Yeah, see, when such uh, would be a you know, loaf of bread or something. Yeah. It's not like it's like the... It's got to be It's got to be continental. It's got to be the sweet and sour sauce, but the one without the pineapple in it, and then it's got to be... I like the pineapple. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, you doesn't. don't have pineapple and pizza, do you? I, I love pineapple. Some I doesn't do. like... Sienna won't eat it. <laughs> You gotta have, but it's like you gotta have pineapple on a burger. It's just like a rule. Yeah, that's why I like the O Tropu at a Porto. Excuse me, what? A Porto chili burger. Uh, they have the O Tropu, which is a Porto backwards, but it sounds like tropical because it's got oh, pineapple okay. on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm a big fan of pineapple, but it's um, his son doesn't like it. In she, she'll have a ham and pineapple pizza. Is the only pizza she'll eat. Yeah. But you won't eat pineapple in the sweet and sour sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah, my daughter's the same. She won't eat it. She well, she won't eat either of them. So she doesn't like pineapple. But um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's the future, I can see man. it being. 
I can see it being used in other places rather than just like for food. I mean, Amazon's been using them for a while for a lot of their stuff, you know. And um, Pizza Hut. Yeah. When do we get our little Domino's drones going? Well, how does that work? Because pizzas are more than one point two kilos. They got bigger quadcopters. I must have. They're probably the big octocopters, the big you know, six foot across ones. Yeah. It's, they can carry a fair bit of weight. Like they'll carry full digital camera rigs with gyroscopes and everything. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the flight, you know, my biggest concern is you're going to have, because they're still, at the end of the day, they're still reliant on something like a lithium battery and they're reliant on the fact that that battery doesn't just fail. Yep. And f- the thing falls out of it. I mean, okay, it's probably got two batteries, but let's say it's gone out on its mission and it's on its way back and it's down to 10, 15% and that ba- that cell just collapses and the battery dries. Yeah. It's not going to have a backup battery because it's already used it on the way back most likely. I can't see them putting a full two batteries more than it needs. Yeah. Have you seen those, those videos on YouTube where a guy's got one of those and it's running out of battery and it starts to slowly go down, but it's in the middle of a river yeah. And that lands in the river and he has to swim out to get his There's there's a couple. There's um I think it's I think it's uh drone classic catches, I think it's called. Yep. And the earlier the earlier drones they had once the battery got to like five percent that auto land. Yeah. And you had no control over them. Um the newer versions they still auto land, but you can control which direction, direction they're traveling. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so often that they'd, they'd like try and override the auto land enough to start to get it traveling in a direction yeah yeah and then they'd start you could see him legging it towards it they just <laughs> drop the controller drop the cameras and everything they start legging towards <laughs> it. there's one that's coming in over over an ocean over a rock wall yeah and it's coming down and down and down and you lose sight of the guy because it starts dropping below the rock wall and in the bottom of the camera you see the water coming up and the rock wall coming down <laughs> and you see his hand just like come down just good <laughs> like start from the water is just and then you see another guy actually is recording it from the from the pier. Yeah. And this guy just Superman dives down the rock wall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like a five thousand dollar drone at the time, you yeah. know. So I, I get it, but I saw one. Um, it was a big gyroscoped eight cop eight um eight cop eight blade thing. Yep. Octocopter. Um, it was designed for um used to do a lot of panning and stuff for uh, uh, like tracking shots and stuff. It was uh, a big a big rig. Like they used to, I think it might have even been a movie production one, but it was definitely an amateur production. It was used for tracking shots and for these big panoramic shots and wide shots and stuff. Yep. And they were doing a <clears throat> thing. I don't know exactly where they were. I don't know what country they're in, but they're doing this thing on a ski slope and they're following a skier down the hill. And there's a there's a point where there's a, a big drop and this ski has gone for the big jump off the drop and the the drone's panned around for the dramatic the dramatic sort of pan. Yeah. And as it's panned around, it's hit one of the um, the T-bar things that you hang on to to sit on to go up the, the uh, hill. The ski lift. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hit, it's hit one of the, the chairlifts <laughs> and it's just dropped into the chairlift. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where the guy who was controlling it was, but... <laughs> I don't know if he was at the top of the hill or the bottom of the hill or if he was on skis or yeah. what. This chairlift at this point, because they're half up the hill, this chairlift's 40 metres up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> there goes your quadcopter. 
You know, he got sick of flying. He decided to take a rest, sit on the. Well, chair. the worst part is if you're if you're going down on the skis, obviously you've got to get down to the bottom before you can get on the chairlift to go back up the top. Yeah, and you're just making an assumption that the guy at the top's going to like take it off and hold it, or because yeah. if he lets it go down the bottom and you get you pass up. It, <laughs> <laughs> you spend the rest of your life going round and round and round. Oh dear. Uh, <clears throat> um, Rowie. On Tuesday afternoon, uh, Tasmania found itself disconnected from the rest of the world. Well, um, how did they uh, know? Because Facebook. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> People couldn't get on Facebook anymore. That's sad. Um, Tas Networks said we're experiencing a major statewide internet outage caused by upstream provider issues. Oh, I guess you could say that. <laughs> Um, the company said some of the connections to some ISPs were still down. Yes, you could probably say that. Telstra, who happened to be the upstream ISP, said, um, don't blame us. Somebody's cut the cables. Oh, geez. So they have three um, three underground cables, yep. undersea cables. Um, one's, well, two, I think, are public. And one's NBN. Um, one's... Um, like mobile data and anything that's not NBN, basically, any other sort of data stream that's not NBN and voice calls and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the third one is the uh, like emergency backup line for military and for government and for all that sort of stuff. If I remember correctly, I did read about it, but it was a couple of days ago. Yep. <clears throat> um, but apparently, there's a massive damage caused to the cables uh, in the, in Melbourne, apparently. And um, the network across Bass Strait is configured with multiple redundancies um, with two of the main cables backing up for each other and a third smaller link being available for priority traffic and emergencies and whatever uh, in the rare event that both main links went down. But unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> they basically had Tasmania effectively had no internet. Yep. Um, and... They only had, uh, I think they dropped, I think they turned off mobile data to save bandwidth and they only allocated voice calls. I think they swapped over to the the, the, the emergency line. Right. So you only had voice calls. Like you, that, that they had no data or they had really, really limited data anyway. Uh, like That's why you want Starlink, been, right? There would have been some satellite backup and stuff, I think, but for the most part it was it was done. Um so yeah, so they said it also affected a further. Um, where are we? Uh, it also affected sixty-four thousand um, people or sixty-four thousand services in Queensland and nine and a half thousand in New South Wales. Well, um, and now they've got uh, floodwater. Obviously, now it's. You know, because who knows how many. Um, I know the exchange, like Gimpy was completely underwater and they lost all, um, I think they still had voice, but they lost all data. Yep. Uh, Lismore is incredibly patchy. Ballon is patchy. Evans Head's patchy. Mostly voice gets through, but data generally times out. Um, and what's interesting is my sister's got satellite and she's noticed over the last four or five days her satellite has really tanked. Yeah. So obviously they're 
they're switching over to satellite for all their backup communications, but the satellite's already at capacity because yep. they've oversold it. <laughs> and now they're trying to add more congestion to the satellite. So that don't work well. So yeah, it's um been an interesting week for for internet, that's for sure. And for well communicate it's communications in general because we're sort of just bun you know, we assume we assume that we can either use the NBN for data or the NBN for voice or the mobile for data or the mobile for voice. But ultimately, they're all using exactly the same infrastructure. Yeah, at some point. So generally, if one goes down, like not, okay, you like you might you lose your landline because you lose power, so you lose the NBN. That's different. But if, you, if there's a major fault, it generally affects multiple communication devices because at the end of the day they're all being rolled into the same location yeah you know so if you don't have data and voice on one you because of a a fault like a flood or or a cable being cut you're not going to have it on the other one because they hit the exchange and they go back into a common cable again whether it's voice or data yeah yeah so but the way the systems are configured as far as i understand it is they prioritize they always prioritize voice um so that that you know that's the last part of the system to fail yeah so you might lose your internet but you can still talk to your family and get yeah, emergency you know, services you, 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 i've noticed often here we'll lose like our our tower must have like a 12 second battery backup in it <laughs> as soon as we lose power the instant either that or it just gets overloaded because everybody switches to mobile data but within 10 minutes of losing power, the tower is no longer, you can't do you can't do anything on your phone other than make a phone call. With your invisible mobile there, it looked like. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we uh, go. Hold it over here, yeah. see. <laughs> Magic. Um, yeah, so it's, it's um, one thing I, I wish people more knew, wow, that's not, a, that's not a sentence. I wish more people knew <laughs> about the three words site. Yeah. Because what was happening in Lismore, um, the, obviously the street signs were under, the reference points were hard to come by. So people were using Google Maps on their phone to determine exactly where they were. The issue with that is, one, they only had limited battery life, so their phones were going flat and they were having more and more of a hard time finding where they needed to go. And Google Maps is only so so um, accurate. Yeah, it's not it's not as super accurate. Plus, if everyone's on the towers now because there's no Wi-Fi or anything. That's right. And so they're getting really bad, really patchy, you know, set data on their phones. But if everybody had that three words, right, and people were freaking out because people were losing contact with their loved ones because their phones were going flat. Yeah. Well, if everybody knew about three words, all you need to do is change your voicemail message to say three words.com then the three words yeah you know and send somebody a text message or say three words.com these three words and they'll get them straight would, to you you know and if you're living at home obviously you'd you, be, you know if you if you're not at home you'd have to look go to three words.com and look up what the three words are or use the app but if you're at home you'd probably know what they are anyway yeah and you just text them that and it gives you what is it a with four meter accurate reading or something something like that yeah something really really close you know so um you wouldn't have that problem because you just put that into the app and it you know it would get you directly there so even if um 
like you don't have to go through the hassle of typing the address in and waiting for Google Maps to tell you where it is because on the app it just preloads that section of map that you need already. And three meters, go. three meters on there, yeah, pretty good. What three that's, words.com with the number three? Yeah, that's it. Go so. download the app now. <laughs> if you download mm. the app and you got it on your phone and you can find out what three words are for you right now before anything else happens so that yeah. you're set for the future. Then anyway, even if you have friends that are coming to visit, you say get the What Three Words app, go yep. to Tuna Water Helicopter, and you're at my house. Well, exactly. And that's the other thing too. When you know you don't have to necessarily tell somebody your address, especially if it's on a public forum or whatever. Yeah. You know, if it's, it's less likely that they don't understand that, but. Um, or if you are sending somebody a text message, you don't have to send, you know, name of the street and the number and the address. And the, you can just enter those three words, and then which will autocorrect on your phone anyway. So as soon as you start typing the first one, they'll all appear. Oh, tuna water <laughs> helicopter isn't anything. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. <laughs> Dang it. There goes my theory. So. But yeah, no, that's what I was kind of getting at. It's a good, it's a good plan B. But make your voicemail saying, as of this, you know, as of now, my battery's about to go flat. Um, you know, I'm conserving battery what I have. We're okay. We're fine. We're blah blah blah. You know, out of the fire, out of the flood, whatever. Um, but when you can send help, and then give them the three words, and you know, tune water <laughs> helicopter is near Umanak. Avanata, spelled <laughs> U-U-M-M-A-N-N-A-Q in A-V-A-N-N-A-A-T-A. Umanakur Avanata. None of those are words. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you've gone a few and mental officially. Like, that's it. <laughs> you tried to zoom out to see it's not drawing any map for me. <laughs> it's probably some little island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean somewhere with a population of three. Oh, it's on Di- it's on Disco Island. Yeah. <laughs> disco Disco Duck. Disco stew. He's gonna disco. Wait, oh, it's at Greenland. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Tune water helicopters in Greenland. Disco Island. It's a Good disco enough. island off the west coast of <laughs> spelled D I S K O. Oh. Well, you know. Close enough. Close enough. Pick three words. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, I don't know. Uh, move Linux. Uh, more. I don't know. They got move link cool. move. Linux Close isn't enough. a word. Probably not a real word. Yeah, it probably would have to be like move the or something like that. I don't know. Probably only uses dictionary. Move link tree is in Illinois. Move, move link tree. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Near South Village in Illinois. Yeah, it's probably using dictionary words, honestly. Yeah. Not your fake made up things like Linux. I mean, does, does, does what three words do a what three words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Linux, following multiple reports of the ransom cyber attack on NVIDIA server, you're going to love this story if you haven't read it already because this is fantastic. Following the multiple reports of ransom cyber attack on NVIDIA servers, the hacking group Lapsus now demands NVIDIA should release their drivers for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux as open source. (laughs) 
Should they fail, should NVIDIA fail to meet this demand, the group threatens to release chipset files, graphics and silicon information for existing and upcoming GPUs. It's unclear what the stolen data contains, but the group confirmed that there are 250 gigs of hardware-related data in their possession. Furthermore, the group claimed, uh, confirmed they have evaluated NVIDIA's position, which means NVIDIA is, uh, might be trying to communicate with the group to prevent future leaks. The message the Lapsus posted was, after evaluating our position in NVIDIA's, we decided to add one more requirement. We request that NVIDIA commits to completely open source and distribute under a FOSS license their GPU drivers for Windows, Mac OS and Linux from now on and forever. If this request is not met, on Friday we will release the complete silicon graphics and computer chipset files for all recent NVIDIA GPUs, including the RTX 3090 Ti and upcoming revisions. They haven't been announced yet. Of course, this includes all files with extensions such as .v, .vx, .vg and more. So NVIDIA, the choice is yours. Either officially make current and all future drivers for all cards open source while keeping the Verilog and chipset trade secrets. Well, secret. Or not make the drivers open source, making us release the entire silicon chip files so that everyone not only knows your driver's secrets, but also your most closely guarded trade secrets for graphics and computer chipsets too. You have until Friday, you decide. The group has already published information on NVIDIA's DLSS technology and upcoming architectures. Yesterday, NVIDIA reported, reportedly retaliated against the hacker group known as Lapsus, by sneaking back into the hacker system and encrypting the stolen data. <laughs> but the group claims it already had a backup somewhere else, so it didn't matter. Is that, <laughs> is that the best story you ever heard or what? We hack you, you release everything free. No, we're hacking you back. No, no, we hack you first. No, you. We encrypted the stuff you stole. Yeah, but we, we got it somewhere else, don't worry. They're going to have multiple backup dumbasses. Um... <laughs> still we hack the hackers oh god yeah, this is where you find out it's actually like it's actually some um employees who have been paid to do it so that they because they want to release open source but they don't want to make it seem like it was their idea yeah. the <laughs> we were forced against our will gosh darn it i can't believe we have to help out, help out linux and mac os which everybody has been desperately wanting them to do for like the last 10 years uh, I don't know why they don't like that. They literally only have to release drivers. It's not like they're being told to release hardware open source. Yeah, or their trade secrets or anything. It's just how I to mean, make our stuff work better with your stuff. We'll buy more of your stuff if it, we can make it work properly. But Pop OS is a classic example of it doesn't matter anyway. Yep. Because it works as well, if not better, with better frame rates or at least the same frame rates with their own version of the drivers anyway. So, like... You got me, didn't you? It's your <laughs> fault. I've gone to Pop! OS now. I currently set up and running Pop! OS. My computer default boots into the Pop! OS um, yeah. SSD drive. Well, MVNE or whatever they call it. Yeah. And it's fast and works. And we're having problems because... Well, you weren't having problems. <laughs> I was having problems because I'm playing Satisfactory on Windows and just randomly crashed the desktop. And then it worked fine for a week and then six times in one night it crashed the desktop. 
And I said, oh, mine hasn't crashed at all. Why don't you try Linux? And Satisfactory is not built no, for Linux. Not, only. Steam uses Steam Play, which is user version of Wine, to make Satisfactory compatible. And you were saying it works even better than it did on the natural native Windows. Yeah, and I'm, people, I'm, I last night, I've, I've been into roguelikes. Everyone knows that by now. There's a roguelike called Cogmind, and I thought I'll give it a try out because I. What had happened is for Christmas I bought my daughter a Steam fifty dollar card, and I was like, "What do you want for Christmas?" And she's like, "I want this other thing." So I was like, "Well, I'm going to keep that Steam card now. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll buy Steam stuff with my own money." So I had $50 credit on my Steam, so I thought, oh, I'll get Cogmind and try that out. I want to first make see if it's going to work on Linux. So I Googled all around, and the guy who writes it, his engine is so convoluted and has been programmed over the last 11 years with add-ons and patching and all this sort of stuff that he, he says, I can't really do justice to release it as, as Linux as well to recode everything. But um, we've had reports that it runs very, very well under Steam Play and for some people even better than it does when they load it into their Windows. Mm. But I didn't write it for Windows. Mm. For Linux, I wrote it for Windows, but Steam Play plays it even better in Linux. Yep. Doing Windows yeah, compatibility. Every game I've got has gone up in... like. In, uh, Minecraft, I regularly see in excess of 600 frames a second. Wow. <laughs> That's at max everything. And you haven't got latest graphics cards or anything? Um, no, it's not. I mean, it's a, what is it, Radeon, Radeon 7750 or something? I mean, it's not a, ba- not a bad hard, card. But... Is your hard drive up there? Yeah, it's above me. You've got long cables <laughs> coming down I've into the a, computer. I've got a bench right above me, so everything, it sits up there and all my cables just come down through the back of the bench. <laughs> right. Well, I got sick of it being on the floor and getting full of dust. Yeah. So I put it up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a Radeon. It's, it's nothing special. It's a, what, nearly a two-year-old card now? Yep. You know, and I mean, before I was getting constantly between 150 and 200 frames in Minecraft, but now I get constantly around 600. And Windows crashing all the time. Um, well, Windows crashing all the time. Um, I get, in Valheim, I get now... 200 to 250 frames where I was getting 80 to 90 before. Um, satisfactory, I get minimum 180 yep. in the in our depot where all our machineries are, and I get as much as three or 400 out in the wilderness. Yep. Um, Grand Theft Auto, I have to actually frame limit that game because... Too fast. Once you get more than, I think it's 150 frames a second, it starts getting weird graphical glitches, um, which I never had. I never got more than like, 70 frames out of it before so yeah it boots faster it's more stable everything runs even browsers like i don't have memory leak in the browsers i don't have the pages load faster obs is um less like i don't get any delay on my monitoring side of it i'm actually using obs now to control my camera through through um yeah i'm recording with OBS. um and obs has zero lag issues um, I even get less latency in my USB mixer. Um, like literally every single component on this system runs so much more efficient. My boot time is like, I don't know, six seconds or something. Yep. Like it's ridiculous how fast it boots. <clears throat> um, the only complaint I have is you have to put your bloody password in all the time. <laughs> 
It's too secure. Too it, damn secure. There's no way to disable either just have like a, a normal user login with no password. You can't do that. Mm. And once you put your password into login, if you need to activate a higher tier like OBS, you need to activate driver, allow drivers to start the virtual camera. So you've got to put your password in again. Or you load Steam, it's triggering a different driver set. You've got to put your password in again. <laughs> Like it's just so annoying, but that's that's like my only complaint, and that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, I haven't found on my computer. I haven't found a game that out of my entire. What did we work out a couple months ago? I've got four hundred and eighty games or something, something. like that. Because you're in the humble bundle. Because I got the humble bundle. Yeah, I haven't found a game in that that doesn't run. Yeah, uh, at least the same, if not better. I haven't found any that run worse, and I haven't found any that don't run at all. And my old system, which is now a, it's like an AMD FX something. It's like a 10-year-old system. Yep. Um, most games run perfectly fine on that, even the newer games. Some don't. There's a couple that I haven't quite figured out. I'm sure they'll work because they load, but they, but they crash when you go to play them. Yep. But they'll load like the menu screen and the, that sort of side of it. So I'm sure it's a settings error. But like it'll now run Minecraft. It's only got a H Sapphire HD like twenty two fifty or something, a just a one gig cheap card. Yep. Um on Windows I had to have in Minecraft everything turned right down. All the settings, the the graphics quality, I had to have like five chunks loaded, like I had to have it right down and it was like twenty two frames. Yep. On absolutely full everything, it's nearly 100 frames now. Wow. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> yeah. So then, why should we go to Linux? Well, so many reasons. Yeah, well, there's absolutely no reason to run Windows now. There's literally none. Um, I have, I still have it on my work computer, but I only because it's there. If they're trying to force a Windows 11 update, which they reckon they're going to do because they're going to stop support of of um 10 yep. and then i'll just run linux yeah. <laughs> like, i'm not gonna go to, no point in me going to 11 because no. technically my computer won't run 11 because it doesn't have that stupid security chip thing in it that they want anyway and it keeps telling me it can't run it yet it's keep telling me i've got to upgrade and the funny thing is linux works just fine with or without it and it's secure oh yeah and it's running i'm running it on old um well not, not really well, yeah they are pretty old they're only two gig uh, dual core um, processor, Nux. Yep. Four gig of RAM, you know, just runs basic fine. little entry level things. And it runs amazingly well on those, you know. <laughs> so, yep, no more Windows for me. No. Um, speaking of Linux, Linus Travaldus prepares to move the Linux kernel to modern C. Well, so. And I don't know why they, they did this, but to give you uh, people a quick sort of history on C, it's a programming language effectively. It's, well, I can probably explain it better, but basically it's, you know, it's, you've got machine code, which is what the computer uses to, for its own programming. And you've got things that program that machine code because most people are unable to program machine language. There are some people who can do it, who actually program in like full on base machine code. Yep. But most people are incapable of that sort of thought process. Z80 so, and 6502 I got no problem with. I don't <laughs> want to even go into 68,000 for Amiga, <laughs> let alone X86 for PC. It's exactly. Just... So they, they have 
high-level languages. Yeah, they're effectively shortcut programs. You type in a command into that, and it translates it into machine code. And C is one of the standards. There's, there's a whole heap. There's, you know, I don't know, Hammond, there's Rust. There's all these different codes now that they've, <laughs> they've come up with. But um, for whatever reason, when they developed C, they decided to start using the two end year digits as the version number. Which worked fine when it was like 1989 and 1999 and then you hit 2009 and it doesn't work anymore because now you've got an older version all of a yeah. sudden. But anyway, so they're moving from um, C89, so which is 1989 version of Linux that it was written on. No, sorry, C. version of C that Linux was written on. Um, and um, they didn't go to the 2011 one, which was called C11. No, they are going. Um, no, sorry, they didn't go to the. What was it? Ninety nine. Yeah, C ninety nine because there was a yeah. security issue. Too buggy or something. So they've gone to. <laughs> it's now twenty. What is it? Eleven years later, yeah. but they've gone to the two thousand eleven version of of C. That one's pretty stable <laughs> and fast now. We can trust it. Yeah, they've had eleven years to work the bugs out. <laughs> so, um, but basically, what it means is, um, it it theoretically just cleans a lot of the code up. Um, streamlines a lot of the things, um, does fix some security vulnerabilities that, that were around. I'm abbreviating a lot of this. It's a like a 47-page document as to why they did it. Do you want to know um, what's the most recent stable standard informal name for the latest C programming language? What's that? C17. 17. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're basically... Um, they're, they're doing that for, for a few reasons. One, you know, and as I said, basically to add other stuff like multi-threading support, um, you know, stuff like that, which, which isn't available in the earlier versions. Um, but yeah, so it should, they were talking, you know, Lawrence was saying that he wants to move, um, actually he must be talking about that version you just talked about because you said that there is a later version that they do want to move to. But they wanted to conduct more testing on it first, because apparently, what five years or whatever it is isn't enough. <laughs> Keep it stable. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so apparently they're using it. The other reason they're using it is because now that Windows 11 uh, supports Linux effectively natively, yeah, um, they're going. This is going to because Windows is programmed on this version, apparently. So they're now going to have much more native interaction with Windows. So um, it should streamline it should streamline it even more and make it even more efficient and more... <clears throat> if you're uh, one more... of those people who still use Windows. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? <clears throat> but they're, they're looking at officially making Rust the Linux official second language. Like, so you're going to have C and then Rust is going to be the yep. other one that they're going to be using. Rust is everything which, now. Uh, well, Pop, they program in Rust. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it's quite interesting that it's, you know, it's 20 years since they've basically affected, I mean, there's, there's been updates in kernels and updates in OSs and stuff, but 
the underlying infrastructure that binds it all together hasn't changed in what 30 years yeah <laughs> it's basically the same thing so for an update <laughs> it's interesting that they've done that but yeah but that'll be good so basically all the new linux stuff that's coming out uh one will integrate with windows better but two it will be a faster version and a, a more streamlined version of it and a more stable and the big one is multi-processor multi or well, multi-threading not so much multi-processor but multi-threading support yep. um which if i'm not mistaken is basically allowing one application to run over multiple cores yeah i believe um because they have multi-core support but if you ever looked at your uh what is task manager in in windows but the equivalent in linux you run a program like obs which can be somewhat cpu intensive you can basically assign it a core but you can only tell it to run on one core hmm. so if you've only got a you know if you've got an eight core system you're wasting seven cores and one core is running at 60 70 percent and the other cores are running at three percent going laughing at the other one going right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be able to spread that over all of them and things like um uh, like encoding a video um which is already tremendously fast on linux compared to, to windows yeah. but once multi-threading is added into that so you can actually encode a video across all eight or 10 or 20 of your cores that you've got it's really gonna you know it's gonna make instead of a a 1080p hour-long video taking well it doesn't take that long 15 minutes or something at the moment to to encode under windows it took like an hour and linux it takes like 15 minutes but once multi-threading is enabled it's going to take like you know whatever 15 divided by however many cores you've got (laughs) is It's going to take a minute or something to um, to encode a, a video, so it's bad. definitely going to have its um, its advantages. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's it for me because we've hit an hour. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, one quick one, just so people are aware: Fitbit recalls um, its Ionic smartwatches. Yeah. Um, they said anyone who's purchased Ionic smartwatches to return the device for full refund. That's a voluntary recall. Any them purchased between 2017 and 2020. Uh, production run ended shortly before Fitbit was acquired by Google in 21, but remained on sale as late as December 21. About 1 million of the devices are sold across the US, um, so however many here. Um, but basically, they participate in the recall regardless of whether or not the device is currently functioning normally. So if it's faulty, they'll take it back and give you a full refund, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the company's uh, provide details on saying to return the devices for a $299 US refund, which is pretty good because it yeah. only retailed for like 330 bucks. They didn't de- detail the root cause of the overheating issue, saying only in very limited number of instances the battery and IX smartwatches can overheat and present a burn hazard. Yeah. Um, and you not only will receive a $299 discount, but you'll receive a special discount on selected Fitbit devices, bands, and services for a limited time. So, it's, I mean, you've got nothing to lose, right? Yep. <laughs> I gave um, mine to my nephew, so I had to tell my sister, tell him maybe he shouldn't use that watch anymore. So if you're not sure what model, on the back of the watch, when you flip it over, it will have um, an FB number on the back of it. If yours is an FB503, then that's one of the one That's what's included in the safety recall. Yep. Um, they had so, the Surge was the first main digital watch, and then the Ionic was the big square one. There was a bigger like screen, wasn't there? Yeah. Then they went into the round, more slightly rounded edge uh, corners for the yep. um, Versa and stuff like that. So, 
so yeah so just something if you have one of those be be wary of um yeah so yeah i i couldn't honestly i've I've been around lithium batteries that have caught on fire and exploded it's not nice, nice. No. um you won't have time to get it off your wrist before you'll have major burns yeah it's such an intense high heat it's ridiculous so yeah uh, if you've got one of those please go and make sure you get that taken care of yeah get a verse or something Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. See you next time. Bye. Bye.